Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Living is Christ. And what I'm attempting to do in this series is talk about this amazing life that we have in Christ, that um, there's nothing like it. And it's full and abundant and now and forever. And we need to be aware of what this life looks like because we have an enemy who wants to steal it from us. And, and um, you know, he, he tries to keep people from coming to know Jesus and keep them blinded to the truth. But having lost that battle with us, what he continues to try and do with us is to experience the fullness of life that Jesus came for us to have. Because when we're experiencing that life, we impact the world around us for the kingdom of God. And so the enemy is constantly trying to steal away from you the life that Jesus has come for you to have. So we've been looking through a couple of passages of Scripture together. We looked through Philippians 1, 20 through 27, where Paul says to live as Christ. And we, we sort of began to break that passage down. And then we shifted a few weeks ago into um, Ephesians 4, where, again, Paul picks up the idea of this life, and we, we really looked at the idea of, of where to put off the old self and where to put on the new self, new self. and that, that the connecting verse between those two is this new attitude in our minds, um, and that it's a yielding to the Holy Spirit that makes this happen. We uh, yield to the Holy Spirit, uh, and He develops the new self in us. So we, we never start to think, oh, you know, look how good I am because of all the hard work I've done. It's not sort of a self-improvement course. Um, Christianity's not like that. It's a uh, communion with the Holy Spirit where we yield to Him, and, and He puts on us then this uh, new clothing that has been created by God for us. That's how that looks, and that's what we've been talking about. And He goes on to describe some of these new attitudes that we're to have in this life in Christ. And we've, we've looked at some of those together. We talked about speaking truthfully, and we talked about dealing with our anger. And, um, and, and so uh, last week, we talked about the importance of using our words to build up uh, and how important our words were. And today, uh, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and about redemption and what that uh, looks like in our lives. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Transition time, couple of bad jokes. Can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? Well, of course it can. The Empire State Building can't jump. <laughs> a little thought. Why is it that your nose runs but your feet smell? Have you? Nothing? Right on the edge. Okay. Scripture reading. <laughs> ah, Ephesians 4, 22 through 32. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we're all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful 
for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to concentrate today on the 30th verse of that chapter. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, Let's hop right in, uh, and the first point in your notes, first thing I want to talk about is this. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And um, I don't have time to cover exhaustively the, the, this principle of who the Holy Spirit is, because it would take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. But um, let, me, let me just say this. The Bible makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is 100% God. He's uh, one of the three members of the Godhead, um, what we often refer to as the Trinity. Um, he is not, as some people might claim, merely an essence or an impersonal force, um, like, you know, in Star Wars, let the force be with you. That's not what we're talking about. Just like God the Father and God the Son, um, the Holy Spirit exhibits the traits of a person. Perhaps the most compelling evidence of his personhood is the fact that every time Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, he always called him he and not it. And so, so we need to know that the Holy Spirit is a person and we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, so you have to be careful if you ever start to think of the Holy Spirit as a force or as an it or um, something like that, that you, it's, a, it's a misconception of who the Holy Spirit is. And in that verse that I, I read to you um, today that we're really concentrating on, another thing that we can see about him as a person is that he can be grieved. And the, the word that Paul uses there um, for, for grief den denotes um, like a pain or a grief that is experienced between two people in relationship. So in my own life, um, I can grieve people around me. Uh, I can certainly grieve my wife or my children, perhaps even some of you. Um, but I can't grieve an object or a force. And so, so we need to know the Holy Spirit as, as a person in our lives. And at the very moment we commit our lives to Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to reside permanently as a guarantee of the complete fulfillment of our redemption. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, Paul said, And you also were included in Christ... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when, when we come to Christ as Lord and Savior, when we have heard and received the gospel message, the good news that, that Jesus, you know, um, went to the sin, uh, went to the cross to pay for our sin. He died um, there to cover it and pay for it. And then he rose again that we might have life in him forever. And we've heard that and we've accepted it and confessed it. And we're, we're now, you know, in relationship um, with him. The Holy Spirit then comes and dwells in us. Um, now that's easily 
the most amazing thing that we can even begin to comprehend, so I don't think we think about it that much. Um, God, Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, dwells with us, dwells in us as, as the children of God, as a, as a guarantee, as a deposit. Um, and He comes and He has His ministry that's ongoing in our lives and He's teaching us and He's leading us and He's guiding us and He's with us and He's for us. And, and He's, he, and, and so, you know, actually dwelling inside of us. And, you know, we've been talking about these new attitudes that we're to embrace and I think that we have to really allow that to, to sink into our lives that, that the Holy Spirit is in us. He's with us. Every moment of every day, of every decision, of everything we do, we have the Holy Spirit. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and, and He's with us. And um, so a, a lot of these things are these new attitudes that are being developed in us as we yield to Him, and this is a huge one where it starts. The realization that He's always with us, always. He dwells inside of us as believers. The Holy Spirit's with us. And that um, I think we have to constantly sort of be entertaining that thought in our minds that He's with us, that He's always with us, and that, um, that this is part of being a believer. This is part of the life that we have in Christ is that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He's our counselor and our teacher. It's, a, it's amazing. I, and I, I think often we, we kind of push it to the side because it's, it's almost too hard to comprehend sometimes and, and can be almost overwhelming. But, but there's no better news than this. You know, along with our, our life now and forever, the, the Holy Spirit's already with us and He's leading us and guiding us and teaching us and growing us. And uh, He's our constant encourager and companion um, one, of his, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is described is a paraclete, who, who is one who comes alongside and, and comforts and guides. And, and these are all sort of descriptors of the Holy Spirit and His ministry to us. And so it's, it's really something that we have to take in in this whole process and that, that this is all part of this new self, this amazing new self that God's created for us and, and made possible and, and that the Holy Spirit is, is, comes as part of this life and lives in us. And one of the things that said in that last verse is that he's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So I wanted to talk about that word a little bit, redemption. So point number two is this, what is redemption? What is redemption? What does it mean to be redeemed? And our redemption has, has three aspects to it. Um, so I have been redeemed is, is sort of the past tense by the blood of Christ. When I committed my life to Christ, I was once and for all set free or redeemed from my bondage to sin. Ephesians 1.7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So when I came to know Christ, um, I, I was redeemed in that sense. Through His blood, um, I received the forgiveness of sins because of His amazing grace. Um, if you if you're ever get a chance to come with us on uh, Wednesday nights, right now we're studying through the book of Exodus. And um, the book of Exodus, in, in effect, uh, is, is a picture of this type of redemption, that God um, frees His people from um, bondage to slavery in Egypt um, by His movement uh, in them and, and the, the exodus that takes place. 
and, and that in Christ we have received that same sort of exodus from our bondage to sin uh, and the evil one, and, and he has set us free from that, um, and we have, so we have been redeemed um, in the process. So, so there's a past tense concept that goes with being redeemed. We're also being redeemed. There's a, there's a present tense part to this whole process. And um, we're being redeemed as we live abundant lives now that, that because we've been set free from the empty way of life that we used to leave, uh, live as unbelievers. 1 Peter 1.18 For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. So we're being redeemed as we enter into this life that we have in Christ, full and abundant, now and forever life, that we've been talking about, the, the most amazing life available. It's a life full of purpose and mission, a life that means something, a life where we make a difference, a life where it's not just about waking up and getting through the day and going to sleep and starting over again. It's a completely different kind of life that we have um, in Christ. And, and this is part of our redemption, that we're being redeemed from that empty way of life that so many people are stuck in that don't know Christ into a life that, that, that's full of, of life itself, the very life that God has always designed for us. Even here in a broken world on a fallen planet, we, be, we begin to enter into um, that now and forever life in Him. And then at some point in the future, as believers, we'll experience the full extent of our redemption. So there's a future tense to it as well. And, and that's what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit is with us and He remains in our lives as a guarantee of that time in the future when we are united um, with Christ forever. So, so we have these sort of ideas of, of redemption running through us and, and the Holy Spirit with us now um, as a promise forever. And, and again... My, my hope is that, that that would just connect with you, that for many of us, I don't know that we um, are as aware of that idea as we should be. And, and we sort of think of the Holy Spirit as, as you know, if, if we do it all, if, you've got to be careful that we don't, th you know, think of Him as an it, and that um, in that process, you know, sometimes it's around to sort of help us and empower us to do a few things, and you know, give some gifts and do some of the other stuff that he does. So much more than that. It's a, it's a relationship, and, and he's with us, and, and he lives with us through this process of life, which is, you know, it's amazing. And, and I, I think that we need to be considering that sort of idea more often. So, thirdly then, um, how do I grieve him? Because it, it says... Don't do that. So, so in what ways um, do I grieve the Holy Spirit who lives in me? Now, um, some people think that it's it's uh, that concept is directly tied in to the verse in verse twenty nine that we talked about last week, where Paul, you know, instructs everyone to put off unwholesome talk and to put on words of edification. Um, in, in the way that we relate to people, to bring life and, instead of using our words to tear down. And I mean, certainly there is a connection there that um, 
There's no doubt that um, our words can grieve the Holy Spirit. But I think most likely what Paul is, is saying at this point in time is that throughout the context of this chapter where we're comparing the old self and the new self, that, that one of these new things that we need to have in our mind is that, that every time that I sin and go my own way, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit to some level. And the reason that it grieves him is because he knows what's best for me and for us, and he doesn't like to see us choose to go and do our own thing instead of that which God would have for us. And because of the involvement that we're having relationship, it, it grieves him. And, and I believe that the, the Holy Spirit is particularly sensitive to sin because of his close relationship with us as those who have been, you know, saved and, and defined as the Lord's holy people. Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy, because I'm holy. And so... Um, we, we have this process where when we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And yet, all of us still make that choice from time to time. And we need to be aware of that in the process. And when we, when we sin, um, the, the, it hurts it grieves the Holy Spirit. I think, I think about that. So, so our choices actually impact um, God because he, he doesn't want to see us go our own way and do our own thing. Now, He never stops loving us ever, um, and, and that's not the issue at all. It, it just, um, we need to be aware of the fact that, that us just doing our own thing in selfish ways isn't just all about us, that there's a bigger picture, especially as the children of God now. And so when we start to become aware of that, it's another reason for us to sort of learn to quickly repent from doing the things that we shouldn't do and not getting so stubbornly stuck on them. See, sometimes we'll, we'll just start thinking, well, I want what I want, and that's the way it goes, and I'm going to do what I want, I don't care. And, and yet... There's this whole new dynamic in this new life where, where the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and, and our choices are, are having an impact on Him as well. And, and so we, we need to be um, considering those things. And when we realize we've gone our own way, which happens a lot, I mean, don't... Uh, and, and we need to, you know, stop and turn and go running back. And uh, these are the places where we go to Father and, and just... You know, we confess. That, that word, you confess, really means we, we agree with him, his word. That, because people think, oh, I'm just, it's about running to say you're sorry. It's really, it's more than that. To confess, it actually means that you go to God and, and you say you were right, I was wrong. Because there's something that's redemptive in that whole process, isn't it? That teaches us because he's always right. And when we've gone in our own way, it's the wrong way. And, and, and so going back to him isn't, you know, oh, just taking for granted that I'm sorry and he's going it's to, it's a conscious sort of decision. You were right. I was wrong. And then 
because of who he is. He loves us. And, and he, you know, I, your picture of, of him should always be that he's there for you and he's got you. The, you know, the picture of the Father is this, this loving picture and, and that he's for us. And then, you know, once again, he's, he says, now go. And, and the Holy Spirit is in us to help us on the journey. And, and so, you know, I, I, my hope is that in just talking about these things, we'll, we'll think about them, that, that we have this amazing life that, that Jesus has made possible by all that he's done for us at the cross. And, and, and he paid for our sin, and he defeated death, and he rose again, and, and he's made a way for us to be reconciled to God, to have now and forever life. And it's part of, and, and, and you know, it's like, well, that ought to be enough. But, but more than that, then, he, the Holy Spirit actually comes and lives in us to help us in this life as our comforter and our counselor, I mean, and teacher, just how, how amazing that is. He's right there with us, and he, he, he wants the very best for us. And, and we grieve him not because he's a big meanie and a, and a big rule thing, and because he wants the best for us. He wants the best for us. And, and he, he doesn't like us to see, make poor choices and go in the wrong way. I think all of you that had have had the joy of raising children, have some idea of that as you had to tell your children no about things sometimes when maybe all the other kids were getting told yes and they didn't quite understand why you would say no and that the whole point you were saying no was because you, you didn't want them to experience and go in that bad direction. And, and, uh, and it was because you, you loved them, not because you were trying to keep them from something. And see, that's the relationship that we have with God and, and in the Holy Spirit. He, he wants us to experience life and not to miss any part of it, to not ever settle for the empty way of life that the enemy would, would love to deceive us into taking. And so all of this is part of this process that, that, he's, uh, that Paul's been leading us through and talking to us about. And he says, listen, this is the new life. You're to put this on by yielding to the Holy Spirit who's in you. And now that you know who he is, you sort of listen and be aware that he's with you and, and, and you know, make decisions that, that he leads you into. And if you do choose to go your own way, catch yourself and, and immediately turn and go running back to the Father. Say, you were right, I was wrong. And, and receive that new round of love and let him set you out again. And, and that's how we continue on this journey, you know, trying to do the next right thing, not always making it, but back at it and keep trying and the Holy Spirit in us helping us leading us guiding us and so hold on to those thoughts um, this week and really consider what it means to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and what a difference that makes in life so that's all for this week if you're watching my video thank you appreciate you doing that um, love for you to visit when you get a chance if you need prayer go to our website there's a prayer page there put it in and we will pray for you and again we hope to see you soon God bless